Tienes mucho en tus manos. Pero con solo mover un dedo puedes dar marcha atrás con Pro Trailer Backup Assist disponible. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Ya sea que estés trabajando al máximo o divirtiéndote al máximo. Esta camioneta te respalda porque está hecha para ser una parte indispensable de tu equipo. Fuerza así de inteligente solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford. Episode 69, I'll try hard not to make any jokes. Mm-hmm. That's Cornelius, I'm McGee, and we start in the same place every time. What are we smoking today, my friend? Today we are smoking an Alec Bradley. It's the Alec Bradley Black Market has a 90 rating. This particular cigar is, it's intense. I mean, it's got uh, Jamistran, Honduran, Panamanian, long fillers, it's capped off with a Sumatra binder and a Nicaraguan Nicaraguan uh, wrapper leaf. Um, it's a, kind of a slow burning cigar, mm-hmm. but it does ignite well. Um, what I like about this cigar is that every time around this year, they come out with a cigar, and we do have them. They just came in not too long ago. It's called the Filthy Hooligan. Yeah, I've smoked that cigar. That's yeah, a good cigar. Yeah, the Filthy Hooligan. So they put uh, Candela... Uh, they do the extra wrapper on Barbara it. Pole in it. Yeah. And for... Yeah, supposedly for... Um, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, that's yeah. right. In fact, that, I think we smoked one on the podcast for St. Patrick's Day last mm, year. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, 69 episodes in. It's hard to remember mm-hmm. all the cigars we smoked, <laughs> you know? <laughs> This is a pretty heavy cigar. This it is. is this is like a. It's one of the more stronger cigars that we smoked. It's. I think it's one of the. Well, it's in my in my experiences, it's one of the more popular heavy cigars. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's one of the, like as far as really dark, thick, kind of kind of a, a, a full bodied cigars. Like it seems like you can get this everywhere. You know what I mean? It's really well. It's really easy to find and get your hands on, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, it's pretty popular for you know for a full bodied cigar. Um, it's got just a little tingle to it that I like, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's you're right about it being a slow burning cigar. It lasts for a while. Yeah. It's a good one. Yep. Down goes Fraser. Yeah, we'll talk about the cigar <laughs> later. That boxing match was wild. It was. It was. Um, it was. Uh, who's that? Who says? Uh, they were what we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. It's Dennis Green. Denny Green. Denny he was Green. coaching the, the Cardinals and he was talking about the Bears. That's right. The Bears. And you knew, you you knew Deontay Wilder was a fighter. Fury was a boxer. Yeah. The thing is, with a fighter, you basically say, ready, set, fight. But with a boxer... There's this little thing called strategy. And you're able, based on technique, based on um, uh, reading your opponent, you're able to create a game plan. Yeah. Right? 
But when you're just fighting, yeah, you know, just, I mean, someone tells you, hey, don't bite, don't kick, and don't butt heads. Right. All right, fight. You you're know, just reacting. You know what I mean? When you're fighting, it's just reaction. When you're when you're boxing, you have a plan. When you go in there and you stick to that plan, and Fury definitely came with a really good plan this time compared to the first fight, where the first fight. When Wilder would miss, Fury didn't always, you know, punish him for that miss. He right. would frequently dance around, put his hands behind his back, shit like that. Right. Whereas in this fight, Wilder would throw punches and miss, and Fury would be on the attack, and mm-hmm. and it was it was it worked. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, mm-hmm. He had a much better plan going into this uh, this fight. And, and, it seemed, you know. and and he moved. He was on his front foot the whole. About. I mm-hmm. mean, he kept moving into Wilder, and Wilder doesn't necessarily, uh, he's usually the one that's the aggressor, so he has, he has no history on fighting in reverse, mm-hmm. you know? It's a huge thing. He has no history on fighting in reverse, and it also takes away his power. Yeah. You know? Going backwards and swinging, and as far as, you know, planning and going forward, two totally different things. Yeah. You know? Um, Not saying that he doesn't have that power, but he didn't train for that, you know? Obviously, he didn't train for that. So, him moving backwards and, 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 and still getting in power punches and things like that. So, you know, I, I know that he's invoked his um, rematch clause. Yeah, they're going to fight again. But I think that that's... That might be a nothing more than a money grab because well, I don't think that he can beat him. Whenever there's a good boxing match, it always turns into a trilogy. I mean, it's all about same reason they remake movies that have already made money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They 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 know there'll be interest. You know, and they right. know it'll sell. So it's always a money grab to an extent. Right. You know. So I actually lost a little bit of money on that fight because I was seduced by the way Wilder. Throws that left jab and mm-hmm. just cocks that right, mm-hmm. like that right fist, and how fast he gets that mm-hmm. right off. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was gonna, you know, catch him again, like he did a couple times the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he never really got that chance because of the way Fury was attacking. You know, it's that whole thing. You know, uh, uh, styles dictate fights, right? right like, right. like Fury came with a different style in the first match, and Wilder tried to do the same thing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It was that simple. Right. I would watch a third fight. Yeah, you know, what I mean, yeah. for the spectacle of it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'd bet Wilder again, but who knows? You know, maybe Wilder prepares differently. You know, you know, he. It's either he. I mean, he's got a Olympic boxer in his corner, so he definitely has some. Uh, he definitely has some skill in his training staff. Is he going to fire him though for throwing in the towel? Well, you know that's a that's a that's a good that's a that's up for like debate from a lot of people. Like, there's a lot of people that say, "Hey, well, you know, he informed everyone that no matter what happens, do not until I am completely out, do not, you know." Yeah. And he did. Um, he wasn't putting up much of a fight. No, and looking at some of those, looking at some of those. Um, Hits that he took, 
they look pretty destructive. I mean, you look at his face. I mean, he, he you know, but hey, we all have a hard. Sometimes we all have a hard day at work. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but my hard days at work don't lead to me bleeding out my ear. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was a that was a crazy fight, and there's a lot to that. You know, once he got hit in the ear, once he started that cut showed up inside the ear, mm-hmm. he was out of it, seemingly. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There, That very well could have messed with his equilibrium, mm-hmm. and he might not have had a chance after that point. And, and presumably in the third fight, that won't happen. You know what I mean? It's rare that that happens to anybody. Right, um, right. And maybe, maybe can win one, you know. Yeah. And then maybe they have to have a fourth because yeah. the first one was a draw. Yeah. Well, <laughs> after that, the next one has to be Joshua. Somebody has to go and fight and Joshua. And fight Joshua, yeah. yeah. You know, and, um, I he think seems like the kind of guy who's not always ready for the fight, but when he is ready for the fight, he can really throw down right, in that ring. Man. Right, right. And he switched, up his, he switched up his camp and went to Kronk, uh, um Boxing Camp of Emmanuel Lewis's yeah. uh, nephew, I think it is, or co- nephew yeah. or something. Brother? I think it's his brother. Brother could be your nephew or something. Yeah. And um, they are all attacked. That's their, you know, their their, their style and, and approach. And you saw that, wow. you know. And for a big heavyweight like him, you know, and it was something that he saw. He saw that against an opponent like Wilder, you cannot be... You cannot counter, and you cannot be in a strategizing, you know, set. You have to be in an attack set. Yeah. Because if you keep moving in on him, he's going to move back. Yeah. And if he moves back, well, first of all, you're a lot bigger than him. Okay. So, and if you keep, and if he keeps moving back, I mean, just, just that motion of him moving back totally throws a, a monkey wrench in everything that he did mm-hmm. to prepare for this fight. You know, so and he started doing that a little bit. You know, once again, a boxer, right? He started doing that a little bit once he got up from the canvas. He started moving in a little bit, and you and it became more of a fight, kind of, you know, in the end of the last fight. So it's just one of those things where, you know, I mean, uh, you know, people say, well, you know, Wilder be he'll be ready on the next fight, you know, I'm like, yeah, well, maybe. I don't think he can learn how to box in a few months. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like... Uh, he doesn't need to learn how as much as he needs to taper his style to the task at hand, you know? So it's mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see if he recognizes his need to evolve his approach and, mm-hmm. and then follows through with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. You know, and it's impressive another- that Fury was able to do it for this fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's impressive to a lot of people just stick to what got him here. You know, nope. he he came and he came ready. Yeah. I mean, and, and he's he was, a beast. He's yes, a beast. he is, he's and he came ready. And you know, something else to think about is that mentality of let's say you know Wilder. He's always been a striker. He's always been a fighter. He not a boxer, a fighter. Yeah. Always been moving forward. No one has actually stopped him until just now. Yeah. And I mean, a brick wall, someone stopped him. It's the mental and the emotional as well. I mean, think about, um, think about uh, George Foreman. George Foreman left boxing, became a minister, 
uh, found God, um, uh, cooked some hamburgers, and then <laughs> came back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of babies, and then <laughs> came back to boxing. Yeah. You know, I mean, and he he had that. He was the same mentality. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. A lot of people didn't quite understand the skill set of George Foreman. Like he can't box. Like he doesn't even have a defense. I'm like, no. The way that he shift his body, the way that he pause down those uh, those strikes, that is a, a defense. It's, yeah. it's, it's a it's a technique, yeah. right? And he was he was freaking perfect at it. Yeah. Um. So he knew what he was doing, but when he got stopped, he stopped. He's like, yeah, um, I'm gonna take a little hiatus, <laughs> you know. So I'm just saying that type of mentality. Of a fighter or a boxer, once you, I mean, once that you clash and that, man, that little thing in the back of your head, you know, you just don't want to get back in the ring again yeah. with that little slight doubt in the back of your head. The slightest doubt can literally get you killed. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I just, I, I'm most happy that the heavyweight division is a thing again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we lost the spectacle for a while. And, and largely, I think it's because the Klitschko brothers wouldn't fight each other. Yeah. Like, that would have been yeah. a great couple matches. Right. You know, three those three bouts could have been really, right. really something. Um, but for, there was a good ten years where the heavyweight bout, like, like, the heavyweight division didn't have multiple names that mm-hmm. we wanted to see fighting each other right. that were actually going to fight each other, you right. know? Right. Um, and I like that it's, you know, with who was the chubby dude Ruiz and, like, Joshua and these guys. Like, I, I just like that there's big names and big right. guys and brawlers in boxing. I think a lot of the reason boxing's kind of experiencing a rebirth mm-hmm. is because of the spectacle of UFC. Mm-hmm. And now it's, it's reigniting interest in, like, combat sports. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's, you know, I, you know, I don't want to see anybody getting hurt at work, obviously, but, mm-hmm. like... I like watching two just big, big monsters of humans, you know, getting together and just beating the crap out of each other. I, it's it's entertaining. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. it shouldn't be. Maybe I'm part of the problem and whatever, and mm-hmm. you know, CTE and what are we teaching the kids and blah, blah, blah. But right. I love watching that shit, you right. know? Right. I mean, and you think about these boxers today, right? And then you think about the boxers from, you know, way back. I mean, think about Sugar Ray Robinson. Sugar Ray Robinson had like a hundred, what, hundred seventy fights or something like that. He wow. he uh, had like eighty or ninety knockouts. He had more knockouts than yeah. most people's uh, than most people had fights. Fights, well, well, twice as many yeah. as most people have fights. You know, a lot of people forty fights, fifty fights. He had almost twice as many knockouts as that person had fights. Wow. Okay. And he went a couple of different weight classes, and and um, you know, like I said, the mind of a fighter things messes with you, mess with you. A lot of people don't know that he did. Uh, he actually did kill someone in the ring. Really? Got, uh, his last name was Doyle, I believe. Um, he killed someone in the ring, and he had a dream about it before he went into the into the ring. Wow, dude! And they said, um, "Champ, when did you know that you had him in problem? Had him in, had him in trouble?" And he says, "I knew I had him in trouble when he signed the contract." <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "You know, it just he just uh, he just he woke up and said, hey, man.' He says, 'I'm telling you, I'm gonna 
I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going to kill him. I know it. I saw it in my dream. And he, you know, and they, they say, ah, oh, it's just a dream. Don't, you know. And he ended up hauling off full throttle wow. and killed him. That had to mess with him, too. Yeah. Both, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that had to mess with him. Yeah. That's not something that you can just, like, hey, tomorrow's no. a new day at the workplace, you know. And, you know, when you talk about shooting somebody, you talk about, indirectly doing something like poisoning or pushing something over that or driving a car into somebody or uh, stabbing somebody. But when you talk about using the muscles in your body and the force generated from within inside you and following through into someone that ends their life, that is, I mean, that, you know, I mean, it, it, that has to mess with your... Your, your 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 confidence in what you're doing, yeah. you know, because the next time that you go full throttle like that, you, you might hesitate just a second. And like we said a minute ago, it only takes a second. Yep, it only takes a second. So, I mean, yeah. You could be the one that dies. So you know. it's a crazy it's it's a crazy profession that it for is. somebody to choose. You know it what is. I mean? It's when I was a kid, I would watch boxing, and I never once said. When I grow up, I'm going to be a boxer. Like it, mm-hmm. It's just like when I would see car racing. I never said, I'm going to be a car race car driver because mm-hmm. I always assumed those motherfuckers are going to die out there. You know? Yes. Um, I just, it's just nuts to me. Yeah. Well, you saw the accident at the Daytona mm-hmm. 500, and that was, that was, I've never, that was one of the worst accidents I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, he not, went into the he went into the shop to the team shop today. First time he went into like the team like the the, the race car shop with yeah. his team today. Wow. Like he walked out of the walked hospital the next day. And that's it's, you know big ups to all the safety that they put in for sure. Man, all those smart ass engineers that have been working uh, on making that safer so that people will survive that horrific accident. Yeah. I mean this 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 car went airborne, oh, landed yeah. on its hood slid past the finish line and then another car doesn't hit it it hits it in the softest spot of the car in the window where the driver's sitting at 200 and something miles an hour it's it and then it catches fire yeah then it catches fire you know it's like whoa i mean you just i'm like whoa that guy he's not getting out there that is bad that that can't be (laughs) bad very bad and he ended up walking away that's crazy um, so crazy. It's, it's uh, yeah, yeah. So, speaking of dangerous sports. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry, were you gonna make no, another no, point? No. All right, speaking of dangerous sports, mm-hmm. have you heard about Madison Bumgarner and what's <laughs> yeah. come out the last few days? Homie's <laughs> <laughs> competing in rodeo under an assumed mm-hmm. name, yeah. Uh, his name is Mason <laughs> Saunders, Saunders. Or something. <laughs> Mason short for Madison and Saunders, his uh, his wife's, wife's maiden name. Maiden name. <laughs> it's hilarious to me. And he's like, you know, it it might be a breach of contract for Madison Bumgarner, but mm-hmm. Mason Saunders hasn't signed any contracts. There you go. <laughs> and he, um, and you know, so that there goes to prove that if you're looking to pull off a caper, yeah, get someone in the uh, in the in in the rodeo community because. It was said that a lot of people knew it was him, and, and nobody, secret. like audiences of people, and nobody said anything. Yeah, yeah, I trust the rodeo community tremendously. <laughs> you, you guys can be in on all my secrets. Hey, man, if you're on the run, grab a cowboy hat and join a <laughs> join a join a traveling rodeo, man. <laughs> That's just crazy to me, man. That's just crazy to me that nobody ever said anything. 
And all of a sudden he was outed this week. Yeah. <laughs> and that he hunts bears. <laughs> I didn't hear that part. Yeah, he does. He hunts he hunts bears. He's yeah. he's like a man's man. Yeah. I mean, like for real, dude. That guy's crazy. Yeah. I mean, if when it comes to that, when all of that is put into play and then actually pitching, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, that there is just like uh, nothing. Think, think about know? like the end of the season, you're like all right, buddy. Well, I'll see you down in uh, spring training in a couple mm-hmm. months. What are, what are you What are you playing for the off season? <laughs> oh, nothing. Yeah, and in actuality, he's, he's going rodeo. He's going to be in the rodeo and then go hunt a bear. Oh, wow! <laughs> Freaking crazy, man. Freaking That's crazy. wild. That is wild to me. You know that is. But what I think what was his last thirty million was? I can't remember. He's what got. Oh, he gets a big contract. He has yeah. a big contract. He's a great pitcher. Mm-hmm. Great pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's got the rings to prove it. You mm-hmm. know. Do you ever have you ever gone? I'm, I've never hunted. I'm not like a hunter. Mm-hmm. If I was gonna start hunting, I wouldn't start a bear. Probably, I'd yeah. start something much smaller. Have you? Are you a hunter? Have you ever gone hunting? Quick story. Yeah, that's why I asked. <laughs> so, first and only time I go hunting. Uh, so I'm in corporate, and uh, I uh, transferred down to from Chicago here to Denver, and my regional boss who got me the position here says, "Hey." Well, what are you doing this weekend? And I says, well, I'm not really doing anything. And he says, uh, well, hey, I'm going hunting with some friends. Uh, why don't you meet me? And we will uh, fly out and go hunting. Guy's got a huge, huge, you know, ranch, right? And acres and acres to, to hunt. So, did you take a little plane? Was that like, did you fly private? No, no, no. no. Okay. We, we, that's one of the few things left on my list. Oh, your bucket list? It's, it's, it's really, it's like, there's like three things, and that's one of them. No, it was a it was a red eye actually, and we got there uh, late that night, early next morning. Yeah. Uh, woke up and I, I don't even know what kind of bacon that was, but it didn't taste like real bacon. It was a cured meat that that he passed off as a bacon and eggs and everything, and then we got ready to go. Right. So he has this gun rack, which is much. A lot like a, a gun wall, you know, that, that he just glassed in with just these rifles just going down the going down the wall. And I say to myself, Well, isn't this something right here? You know, if World War Three breaks out, that's where I wanna be. Mm-hmm. And so, um, he uh actually gives me a uh so every it's like eight guys, right? <coughs> and myself, and everyone's grabbing a gun, you know, gearing up everything and i'm standing there i have no idea which bullets which gun i don't know what to do right because i've never so my boss says like uh they're actually out of the uh cabin now walking down this trail and my boss is on the porch waiting for me and i'm in still staring at this gun cabinet and he looks back and he says uh says no what are you doing and i was like I'm 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 trying to I don't I don't know which one I don't to know take, what to, yeah. what which one to take yeah and he says here boom just right here boom here's the here's the here's the bullets let's go and I'm like okay and now I'm standing on the porch and he's walking way ahead and he he yells back what are you doing and I'm like he comes back up and I says dude I don't know how to operate this or whatever yeah he says it's real simple and he it's a bolt action he takes a bullet says you put it in here boom boom. He 
you know, Cox locks it, it yeah. locks it in. Says you look right down the uh, the sights and you look and you square up and you pull the trigger. Yeah. Now come on, let's go. Yeah. And so he takes off, and this gun is massive. Yeah. This, this this rifle is massive. So I'm looking at it, right? And now he's caught up with everybody else, and they're heading down this trail, right? And I'm like, and it's a wooded trail, right? And um, big trees on each side as they're going in, and I'm just like, what the heck? Is this big, what are you, you know, I could hit him with it and maybe do better than trying to fire it. And so now everyone yells at me like, come on, what are you doing? And so I take off running. I take off running and um, I stop right behind him. And when I stop, all I know is the gun goes off. And I'm right behind the group, this group of these guys. Yeah. And I don't know how I was carrying the gun. I think I was carrying it midway right above the trigger, but I think it hit my um it hit my um my pants or something or something. And it went off. And when it went off, it actually kind of I don't know, flicked out of my hand or whatever. So I'm looking down on the ground. And when I turn back around, there's like five or six of those guys who have pulled their sidearm and got it pointed dead at me. And they're like, boy, do we have a problem? I ask you, do we have a problem? And I said, no, uh, I, I don't know how to use it. And it just went off and it was an accident. And they said, Jerry, you gave this guy a gun and he doesn't know how to freaking hunt. You know, it says, oh, and so the guy walks up, he takes the gun from me, makes sure it's not loaded, uh, puts it on his back, and he says, all right, come on, let's go. And I'm like, well, what am I going to use to hunt with? And he says, tell you what, you see something, you let me know. And I'll shoot it. I'll shoot it. <laughs> man, we get back, they had a couple of things, man, they gutted them and... And, and skinned them and everything and we got back to the cabin and they were uh, actually putting some of the stuff on ice and whatnot and they were going to ship some some meat back or whatever and I'm sitting there and they're cooking it's like one of those old cowboy like you know should we feed them you know yeah. and, and they're like let me tell you something you don't know how close you came to getting blown away because we thought you he said one guy says that bullet went so close to his head he could hear it go you know right by which Moral of this story: Never go hunting in the woods. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I, you know, if you don't know, first of all, don't walk with a loaded weapon. Don't. I mean, there's obviously certain safety measures yeah. that I completely. I am not in any way condoning this behavior. I'm just saying that thankfully nothing happened. My name is not Dick Cheney. I would not have gotten off. I'd be in prison today. Right. And I'm just saying, you know. Safety and things, and after that, that pretty much took the taste right out of my mouth for hunting ever. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, so no, I, I that was I, I was a bird dog after that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't kill anybody, I including yourself. Yes, that has yes. been horrible. All Have right. you been hunting? No, Never. I don't even. I like I went fishing a couple times as a kid, and even that wasn't for me. I don't know. I'm not like uh, a. I don't have the patience. Yeah. B, like, it's never really dawned on me to, to like, 
I've never had desire to to do it. You don't need to like mm-hmm. learn to learn how to do it or anything like that. I've been shooting. I've shot a bunch of different guns, yeah. rifles and semi-automatics and lots mm-hmm. of different handguns and stuff. But always in controlled situations and ranches yeah. and you know shit like that, yeah. or out in the desert or out in the middle of nowhere. But um, yeah, I've never I've I've never shot at a living being before. Well, that's good. Well, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it, it's, it works for me. Let's I take, shot at eight. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to. <laughs> guys are listening. Sorry about that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Hope all's well. Send me some meat next time. Exactly. <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back. So, you guys know I was in Miami all last weekend celebrating my birthday, celebrating Dwayne Wade's number getting retired, spent a little time. Actually, I got stuck out on a boat for a couple hours. Funny story. I'll tell you sometime. But, um, you know, I was near the beach. And what I thought of while I was near the beach was how perfect it would be to have a cigar and a chimenea by one log fire and just chill on the beach and enjoy the both together. Perfect combination. Perfect combination. One log fire is a miniature single-use chimenea. That's perfect for camping, small gatherings, or to create some ambiance when enjoying your favorite cigar on a cool evening on the beach or... In the mountains or by lake. By lake would be good too. Yeah. Pretty much any body of water is good for cigars and fire. In a chimney. And it, well, there's the fire, right? <laughs> the chimney. So with a burn time of about two hours, a little less than two hours, you'll have plenty of time to enjoy whatever cigar you got in your humidor or whatever bottle of wine you want to share with a friend or whatever you're doing. If you want to just roast some marshmallows and make some s'mores out in the backyard, this is a perfect perfect situation for doing so in fact they sent us marshmallow skewers for making yes. for making uh for making s'mores. s'mores we've got to figure out we got to do this we got to fire up one of these and make some s'mores i like a nice s'more me too um so betyourash.com oh sorry betyourash is the promo code at onelogfire.com if you are making a purchase of one log fires put in betyourash as the promo code you'll get 10% off your order Tyler, what's up, man? Hey, guys. What's going on? Not much. Um, let's get it going. Fire away. What kind of question you got for us today? Sounds good. Mark from Philly writes us. He says, when setting up a dating profile, do you say that you're a smoker if you only have an occasional cigar? Mm. So... Neil's in a long-term relationship. Let me help with this one, all right? I, I, I'm not in a long-term relationship. Um, if it's an occasional cigar, you, I, I don't think you put it in the profile. I think you might, you might mention it on the first date or on the, you know, but hey, well, you know, when it's on New Year's Eve, I might have a cigar, or on my poker night, I have cigars with my buddies, or, or you know, you 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 make sure you mention it casually so that there's some, you know, you don't want it to be, it to be a surprise once there's like some investment on both sides of the relationship, you know, so you want some sort of casual, you know, reference early on, but I don't think you need to put it into the, into the the dating profile. Now, if you smoke cigars all day, every day, you know, if you're a five, six, seven cigar a day kind of guy like Neil, um, or even if you're, you know, like me, I'm more of like a 10, 12 a week kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't smoke cigars every day, but there's more days that I have two than zero, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe you, you know, maybe you, in your profile description, you throw in cigar smoker or, you know, enjoy the occasional cigar or something like that. You definitely downplay the total number. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you say I have a couple a week and maybe you have 15 a week. You know what I mean? Well, couple two three i I might i I might have a i might have a slightly slightly different take on it um i mean my thing is is okay let me think of the perfect day right yeah somebody that likes sports drinks smokes cigars and is down for whatever she sounds like a catch right yeah now let's just imagine you show up she whips out a cigar and she said, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I know it's not in my profile and you didn't put it in yours, so I'll put that away. And you're like, no, no, no. I smoke cigars. And I'm like, really? And then I'm just saying, so what are you trying to do? Are you trying to fool me? Yeah. Why did you, you, <laughs> why did you put it? You know, why did you... <laughs> so the problem with that it? is there's not enough, I feel like, there's uh-huh. not enough women who smoke cigars to... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's very rare that you go out on a date and and yeah. and the person's like, "Hey, let's go stop in and have a cigar while you're mm-hmm. out." You know, mm-hmm. um, that's that's I've I've only dated one or two women who have who who've had a cigar with me. Wow, uh, it's not yeah. enough, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I think we should start a dating profile for cigar smokers, like go. a dating site for <laughs> cigar smokers. And the reason I think this would work is that. Men always pay for dating services. We can mm-hmm. make it free for women <laughs> to do a profile. I think there's the. I think a lot of women would sign up because a lot of men um, that smoke cigars are able to smoke cigars because they have disposable income, mm-hmm. and that happens seemingly. That happens to be very attractive to some women. Right. Like I think that we could. Um, I think we could do very well with name like, like you. Uh, like smoke meat. tree smokers, smoke meat, smoke, smoke meat, smoke you know, smoke meat. I don't know, I don't know. You, you know, you gotta get something you gotta work with. Smoke and poke, smoke and poke. <laughs> we just rip off Tinder and call it embers. Yeah, yeah. Embers. oh, there, there we go. go. Tyler's obviously our marketing guy for there all things from now on because that's a yeah. Um, yeah. So I hope maybe we should cut this out of the conver- the podcast. Somebody <laughs> might steal our idea. There you go. <laughs> if you start a dating podcast, or yeah, sorry, a dating uh, da- dating site for cigar smokers, just call us. We'll we'll promote the hell out of that for you. Mm-hmm. We'll, we that we can there could be a promotional relationship between our podcast <laughs> and your dating site. Yeah. Um. I think, yeah, I think that it's important to, to casually throw it in there just so it's not a surprise later. But you don't necessarily have to have it in the profile. Yeah. So that makes sense? sense? To me. The, yeah. I think much harder when one person in a relationship, the, when the relationship is already pre-existing and then one person mm-hmm. starts smoking cigars, that's going to be a much more difficult situation than going into a new relationship mm-hmm. where one or both parties are open about the right. fact that they already smoke well, cigars. Well, then, too, a lot of these profiles, they actually have where these asterisks fill out forms where it actually asks, do you smoke? And it doesn't say, you know, it's a, I think it, 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 it doesn't say, 
do you smoke cigarettes? You know a lot about dating smoke. profiles, bro. I've built a couple. Of, <laughs> I've built a couple of dating sites, there but I know that that's one of the key yeah. uh, questions on the questionnaire. Okay. So, yeah. Are you a smoker? Non-smoker? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, cigarettes, winky face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Poopsicle. Oh. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, that's a really good question. And if anybody has, yeah, it always is. If anybody else has any questions to send in, just like was it Matt in Philadelphia? Mark. Yes. Mark. Mark. Uh, Big up to Mark Philly. Big up to Philly. I love Mm -hmm. that city. Um, So, if anybody else has any questions for us, email them to Tyler. He'll sort through them and find us the good ones. And it's uh, ask at betyourash.com. That's right. Thanks, man. Appreciate you as always. For sure. Good chat, guys. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Good call. Good question yeah. from Mark in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, the dating app on episode 69. What a, what a coincidence. Yeah. Harmonic convergence. Uh, yeah. It all works out the way it's supposed to work out. Um. Been doing a lot of basketball gambling. Been doing pretty well. Been paying a lot of attention. Getting ready for the NBA playoffs. You got any futures on who takes it? I do, but I I bet it in the off season. I bet the Nuggets at twenty to one. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's the right number. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it was fifteen to one, I wouldn't feel like I was getting value. You know what I mean? I, I would think that it's under twenty to one now. I don't know. I haven't looked recently. Oh, okay. yeah. I haven't looked recently. That was that was like I said. That was during the off season. Yeah. And then um, I do have one in college. Obviously, I bet Florida State at twenty five to one, and they're like top ten team. I mean, they there's 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 so many good teams in college basketball this year that it's not like. You know, there's probably 10 or 12 teams that could win the tournament this year. It's going to be a good basketball mm-hmm. tournament, I think, college basketball tournament. we got to figure out how we're going to do that podcast this year because we went through every single game. It was, I, I can't imagine it was fun to listen to. we got yeah. to figure out a better way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk in the meantime. We have probably a month, right. Chop a, it up. A month to yeah. plan that out better. Yeah. Um, what else? I'm wondering if the Astros... Should truly, I mean, <clears throat> so this year, yeah, I can't imagine they picked up any meaningful free agents. I mean, I can't imagine anyone who isn't under contract to do so would want to play with the Astros because of what they've done in the past, or because of the retribution they're going to get on the road from fans and stuff all season. Yeah, from the cheating, uh, from the cheating scheme. Yeah. You know? I think that it's going to be rough when they're traveling, when they go to, I don't know, fill-in-the-blank city, mm-hmm. you know, they're, especially... You know, Philly. <laughs> yeah, or any, any, really anybody. They're just going to yeah. they're going to deal with the yeah. the, the backlash of their or behavior. Especially, what is that? The, I mean, who felt that they were... I think it was the Giants. Well, no, the Dodgers. Dodgers, Dodgers. Dodgers. I'm now, sorry. they wouldn't... They're not on... They're not on... Because that's interleague. Right. They're not on each other's interleague schedule this year. If they play each other, it'll be in the World Series. <laughs> it'll be yeah. a big deal. It'll be it'll all be anybody's intense. talking about. Yeah. It'll be intense. Yeah. Um, what else, man? Well, I got this situation, um, and I played a little poker. I haven't played in a while. Play a little poker. And um, came up on this hand. It really perplexed me. And 
the thing is, is I didn't know what I didn't know what to do. So, uh, long story short, mm-hmm. it's a one-two game. It is a twenty-dollar pre-flop raise. There's a individual to the right of me that is closest to the button, and then there's an individual to the left of me who is. Uh, I mean, in other words, who's closest to the blind to the right of me, okay. and a person to the left of me that's the closest to the button. So, uh, the raises come out. Long story short, everyone calls it, calls it 21, and there goes the flop. Flop goes 8 of spade, 10 of spade, jack of heart. What did you have? I had ace of spade, king of spade. Mm. Nut flush draw, love it. With a with a with an inside straight with draw. An inside yeah. straight draws. Yeah, so that gives you a couple extra outs. So we're talking maybe thirteen. We're talking about maybe quarter of the deck. Just shy, but yeah, you're okay. you have a lot of cards that make your hand. Um, Plus the ace or the king might win, depending on what the other person has. And, so you get and, a couple and, extra outs there, maybe. And they're and they're betting um, patterns, which I'm about to get into. Um, so the person to the right of me checks, comes to me, feeling good about it. Uh, I was the one who actually led the preflop betting, so uh, I go fifty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you gotta you you know you you can't just back up off that first right, bet and right. just be like oh look nothing none of my cards came yep. let me get out of here gotta like that, represent that's right? yeah that's bad long term. So I um, bet fifty. Yeah. Um, the person ahead of me, closest to the button, pushes all in two hundred and fifty. Comes back to the person who checked out mm-hmm. of the gate. He pushes all in four hundred and fifty. So you're already in for seventy one. Correct. Have, and do you have a large stack in front of you? Do you have them covered? I do. I you have, have both of them covered. Both of them covered with about uh, 130 to clear. So it's really only 400 more, and it's never going to be more than that. Correct. Right? So, And you got the chance to make quite a bit of money. Correct. So the... Turn comes. You called, obviously. I did. Yeah. After a long deliberation. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, you got to think I just about that. Didn't one. like it. Um, my so my read was one person, and I kept going back and forth who it was, but that I'm thinking the person who pushed 450 hit the straight. I'm thinking the person who pushed 250. Um, hit a set. Either way... I don't know if the set... Well, maybe, because you want to get somebody off the straight or off the flush draw. But if someone flops a nut straight, they're not getting off the flush draw. They're not getting off... No, the they're staying in. They're yeah, staying yeah, absolutely. Right. So maybe maybe they, maybe they didn't get a set. I don't know. So... If I had the set, I, if I had a set in that situation, I'd probably... And nobody bet... Correct. Before me, I'd probably go all in there and try to win. Correct. Or a fifty dollar bet. I had the. I, fortunately, I was in the position to see both of those bets. Yeah. So both of those bets were for my benefit. I was the person that those bets were intended for. Uh mm-hmm. huh. And I still called. 
turn comes a king of diamond, I believe. So at least now you have a big pair. Yeah. But at this point, I, did anybody roll their cards? Because it's a cash game. They don't have to. Correct. So they, they held them. They held them down. Right. Okay. And someone, uh, and so it goes king of diamonds, which I in no way intended to be good. Ace would, a king would top kicker. Knew that wasn't good. Right. Um, the river comes a ten of club. So now you only have two pair with an ace kicker. No, I so I'm I'm just down. I'm like no spade, no queen. Those were my outs. I had thirteen outs and I didn't hit any of them. Uh, the person who checked uh, the person closest to the button ahead of me, he actually or she <laughs> actually turned was happy when she saw the ten hit. Immediately turned over pocket eights. She had eights full of tens. Yeah, good hand. Person to the right of me turns over ten eight. Oh, tens full of eights. And pushed four fifty. With two pair. Bottom two at that. Wow. Yes. Now, you know, usually, and people you could have got away from that. Yeah, I, I, and that's my question. You know, I mean, I don't know if you should have gotten away from yeah. that, but you could have. Like, if you had come and told the story mm-hmm. and said, and when both of those people came over top of me, mm-hmm. I said, "Why chase these cards? Like, yeah. I need help." And these guys obviously have made hands already. Mm-hmm. Like, I could understand folding there, but considering it's controlled, like it's not going to get any worse, mm-hmm. right? It's only going to get there. Nobody else still has chips. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I you you have so there's twenty one times three, which is sixty three, and my fifty makes a hundred and three, plus um, two fifty, which makes uh, three hundred and fifty three plus another four fifty makes so 800 about eight hundred. Yeah, eight hundred dollars. Um, almost identically two to one on my call. Yeah, because you already have the 50 yeah, in. You're putting the 400 in. more in. Almost identically two to And one you had about a little less than, than... you had. Well, you didn't have a third of the outs, but you had a lot of outs, you know? At, at least a quarter. Yeah. 25% of the 13. You're, supposed to, you're probably supposed to fold there because yeah. you don't have... If you had a third of the outs, you then you're supposed to call, okay. right? But okay. you had less than that. Gotcha. But... The, the desire to play that hand is obviously going to be convince a poker player to, to loosen up a little, you know? You know, you know and I took, I took about four minutes to make that decision. Now, a lot of people know me to have a wide range of hands, right? Now, me personally, let's just say, remember I said 8, 10 of spade, jack of heart hits. Yeah. If it is well within my range to play a 9-7 suited, right? Yeah. Um, if I had nine seven suited, which is the bottom end of that straight, I would more than happy be, be happy after those two raises to throw those cards away. Even though, after in hindsight, I actually was winning at that. I was winning at that point. Yeah, it's part. It's part of the beauty of me playing, kind of what a lot of people consider garbage cards. Is I can open up the door on the side of the expressway and kick him out of the car and really not have any emotion to him whatsoever. Yeah. I don't even care if it was a nine or seven of spade. Yeah. I still would have felt 
perfectly fine tossing, you know... Well, you don't fold that. I mean, that's a straight with a straight flush draw. I would... With... Let me tell you. With... If... I only had, what, 500 or something to lose, right? Yeah. If, let's just say, I had about 2,500 in front of me. Yeah, and, different, different concepts. And, and if that was, mm-hmm. was going to... And it shouldn't. It's still the same, you know, uh, thought process. But, no, I would not risk that much of my stack on hitting... I would need to have hit 6, 8, 10. Yeah. And be on the top end with a flush draw sure. to make that, that, sort of, that sort of call. Had you not put that 50 out there, I bet you there would have still been a bet and an all-in in in front of you. Could be. And then you could have, it would have been much easier for you to get away from. Well, the first all-in, I think, was provoked by my bet. Right. The second all-in, I think, was provoked by the first all-in. Right. But that first all-in would have been a $100 wager or a $50 wager like you put out. Right. You know, but my point is you would have been able to get away from that if you only had $21 in. Then you don't go fishing for that kind of money. But when you already had 71 in there, you know, mm-hmm. hey, why not? Mm-hmm. So anyway, very, very tough call. I mean, to fold that ace-king at that point, very tough call, you know. But, yeah, you know, that's poker, right? That's, that's poker. poker. I mean, very easily, after me folding that ace-king of spade, a deuce of spade or a three of spade could have popped on the turn just so easy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and then the board could have paired after that. So yeah. I would have still been in No, trouble, you were you know? in a great place, though. So uh, it's, it's just one of those... One of those hands where you have to pay the piper because you're playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I played a little poker the other day. Nice. I was in, in Miami. I played a little bit when I got back, too, but I played in Miami one night, and mm-hmm. I ran my stack up a little bit. I was playing very well. I was, I was like, reading. Like, I was on point. I, I, was, I was dialed in with these players. Nice. I was relatively, uh, you know, I mean, I had a few drinks at the mm-hmm. table, but I was sober when I walked in. So, like, nice. they think I'm partying. You yeah. know, they think yeah, it's yeah. party time, but I'm very paying very close attention. Mm-hmm. So this hand comes out, and this guy had been a little loose, older gentleman, but mm-hmm. a little loose, playing some wild shit, stealing mm-hmm. some pots. Long story short, I have pocket nines. Mm-hmm. I raise, he calls. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking he might have two over cards, right? I'm thinking he has ace queen, ace king. Mm-hmm. And nine, I, I, the flop comes out, and I have top set. And he bets pretty big. And I'm like, wait, maybe I had the read wrong. Mm-hmm. He might have an overpair. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, I got him right where I want him. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I just call. Man, I don't raise mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. The next card comes out a queen. Okay. And he bets almost, almost, almost the pot size. Mm-hmm. And I go all in over top of him. I'm like, cool, this is where I get him. Mm-hmm. As long as he doesn't have pocket queens, I'm great. He had pocket queens. Oh, <laughs> wow. That was brutal. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he rolled with pocket queens. I'm like, oh, wow. two outs. He got one of them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. other than that, like I, like like I said, I was on point. Like I, and I, mm-hmm. I've been, and I, I was kind of, I was playing pretty well. Just right. sometimes you play well and lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you play poorly and win. You know, yeah. it's a, it's yeah. that very that that part of the game is is part of its attraction. You know right. what I mean? And that's why, especially hold'em is accessible to a lot of large 
group of players, you know, and right. a lot of people play because a lot of backgrounds, yeah. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, you can just you can you can catch a card and make a lot of money. That's right, yeah. Um, all right. This was episode sixty nine. Best athlete to wear sixty nine? Yeah. Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Defensive end. Was on the uh, Vikings for a while. I think he was on the Bears for a minute. Uh-huh. Ended with the Panthers. Kind of a beast of a, of a defensive end. Mm-hmm. Big, like, cowboy kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I remember when he retired, he put out a video of him, like, riding off on a horse. And I felt bad for the horse because this dude's <laughs> huge, you know. Yeah. I remember that well. Um, I think that's the best athlete. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other old, old football players. I don't really always know those guys. But that was the mm-hmm. one. Um, what else? Anything? I'll do it. That'll do it. If you have any questions, send them. Ask at betyourash.com. We're on social medias, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. It's at betyourashpod. And uh, I think that's it, man. Yeah. I think that's it. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something. 69 in the book. 69 is in the book. Yeah. I, no, I'm definitely forgetting something. And I know what that is. What is it? It's what we're smoking. Oh, how do you feel about this black market? I mean, I've, we've both had several of these before. Yeah. It's not like a new cigar to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts? It's great. I mean, it definitely is consistent from light straight down to the bottom of the cigar. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I want to put it down even towards the end. doesn't get too overbearing towards the end of the cigar. Um, and you can definitely tell the complexity and the changes of the all of those leafs that I told you about that are actually in the cigar. So Alec Bradley is very consistent with their offerings. You know, mm-hmm. they, they've they've really put out a lot of good cigars. You know, yeah. and there's a, they have a lot of the op- options too. Mm-hmm. There's something for every smoker. Mm-hmm. That brand. Cool. Well, good stuff. Talk to you guys next week. Wait a minute. I know what I forgot. This podcast is recorded on the studio level of Capital Cigars, 919 East Colfax Ave, Denver, Colorado. Come hang out whenever and all the time, whenever you're in Denver. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com. Punto com para detalles.